This episode of After the Show is brought to you by Odyssey. Odyssey are makers of headphones for gamers and audiophiles alike. You can check them out on www.audeze.com. That's www.audeze.com. You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. You can find this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, Google Play, YouTube, Voice Assistance, just say listen to After The Show Movie Podcast, and you can also find us on ascully.com where we post written reviews. With that out of the way, here are your hosts, Ascully and Sitok. Hello everybody, hello and good afternoon and all that. Oh, well, what if it isn't afternoon when they're listening to this? I didn't say hello to you, Sid, so <laughs> why are you answering me back? <laughs> oh, my God. Did you not notice? <laughs> you are. That's dangerous territory right there. Because you could have a half a podcast. <laughs> why? If you don't want me to talk, I don't have to talk. I can sit here and play City Skylines for the next hour and a half while you talk to yourself. Remember, I mean, I won't, because it's probably an Im- impossible to ask, but watch for. be careful what you ask for. You're making a lot of noise over there. I'm done. I'm done. Okay. All right. So um, what's the before the after the show scenario? <laughs> you were testing. Oh, yeah. I test, recorded test, myself test, saying test 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 test, 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 test. Many times to get the oh. S's out. Get the S out. And, and other than that. Not a lot. You did a little research on the real story of this movie. Correct. I started up City Skylines, as I do, and uh, that's about it. I can't it's believe. a very high level of activity going on here today. I can't believe you would start up City Skylines when you've got the brand new Sims 4 expansion packs. That requires an entire day, and I'm not prepared to do that yet. I, I see. I have a project I've been working on, but I can't work on that while I'm doing this, so this is what I do while I do this. I can't just single task it. Are you... Have you only got a small brain? <laughs> have I got a small brain? That's why I need to do more than one thing at once. <laughs> I would, I'm going to have to pass on that question and let the audience decide. Were you, were you saying your brain is, you can't answer it? I have a massive brain. It has to do ten things at once. All right. So? Uh, I would be the first target in a zombie apocalypse. What can I say? <laughs> Two reasons. One, cardio. cardio. <laughs> Two, Big brain. I mean, I'm screwed. True. All right, so it's Saturday, September the 25th. This is After the Show. We're a movie review podcast. We're going to be doing our 653rd episode. Movie Whoa, sound, sound, pipe in sounds of cheers of crowds. The movie we're looking at this week is, to the American audience, it's most wanted. But to everywhere else in the world, it will be called. It's called Target Number One. So, depending on your region, that's the movie you'll be looking for. I'm gonna have to start there with the criticism because naming it Most Wanted is not. It's not accurate, and it's misleading. It is. But it does not enhance the movie watching experience. I'll say that. I'm just telling you. There's two different names. I'll take the other one, please. Right. Let's watch it again, but with that title in my mind. It's, a, it's actually a 2020 movie. It's released on Blu-ray from our friends at Paramount. You can pick it up now. It's rated R for Mature. 
And Sid Talk will give you the synopsis, and then I'll give you the real synopsis. Hmm. Loosely based, I believe, on a real-life Canadian um, law enforcement scam, but they would call it a mission to stop the drug trade from Thailand into Canada, and basically they got a semi-innocent Canadian citizen involved, ended up not turning out well. For everyone, really, pretty much. Correct. So uh, and Josh Hartnett. There you go. There's your. There's your s- <laughs> what he says on the synopsis. box <laughs> is inspired by a gripping true story. An investigative reporter, Josh Hartnett, fights to expose the twisted truth behind a heroin bust orchestrated by dirty cops to frame an innocent man, sentencing him to a life in Thai prison. So you, you got it pretty much on them. Yeah. Well, I mean, I watched it, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, Most Wanted, what did you think? I really enjoyed it. The end. At the end. <laughs> I mean, I did. I, it's kind of, I'm not going to say bland as in bland bad. Bland as in, I don't know, I felt, I got settled in. I just Hold was. Hold you, you enjoyed it, but it's bland. It's bland as in there's nothing... That goes crazy in any direction. It's not overly dramatic. It's not overly action-packed. It's not overly emotional. It's not overly gritty and ugly. It's not overly anything. However, normally I wouldn't like that because that's like boring bland. This is bland as in it's not trying too hard to be anything. It's just telling this story. It's not other than the shaky cam, which I'll just get out of the way right now. It really sucks. Everyone needs to stop doing that for the most part. Um the stylistic moments when they try to do a little camera, this or that. I could have lived without that. But other than that, it's just like a solid, you sit down, you take up the story, enjoy the characters, um, feeling something for everybody, hating this guy, hating that guy, liking this guy, feeling bad for this guy. You're a little bit torn, right? Because the criminal guy is also seems like an okay guy. and mm. You know what I mean? There's nothing outrageous in any direction, but it isn't boring so i have to, i don't know if bland is the right word so you know i think bland is the wrong word <laughs> what would you call it <laughs> i call it interesting okay and you know what i liked about it is it's inspired by a true story don't say it's the gospel truth of what happened yeah but i think most of the major things did happen for instance him in going to prison for life in a thai prison but um I think it's interesting, and what I like about this is, because it is a Canadian... I mean, in Canada, people know about it, I'm assuming, right? I don't know Canadian people, but I'm <laughs> assuming it's a thing that was in the news. Because it was, you know, pretty... If you think about it, after the fact, it's de- definitely newsworthy, right? The sure. whole thing. Plus, it involves a reporter for the newspaper. So, you know, maybe it was really hyped up and it was on the news in Canada, but... Rest never, of the world. We never even heard of it, yeah. Yeah, we don't hear of it at all. Yet, when they dramatize like a big thing that happened in American news, you kind of know what happened. You're like, oh, well, I know. I remember this. I know what happens all the way along. We don't know this at all, so it felt like a fresh story to me. Even though, like you said, it's not, you know, you know the movie Pain and Gain? Mm-hmm. 
That's based on a true story, and it goes to insane play. You're like, what? And this happened, and that happened, and it kind of yeah. snowballs. Like, and you're like, oh, I can't even believe this is a real thing. This thing, this is a bit more. Yes, it's got some fantastical kind of things, like, you know, are we going to say spoilers for a real life news event? Um, I mean, it's up to you. you. Spoil every single movie. I don't know why this would be any different. Well, he um, goes to Thai prison. I mean, the big hook for me was that he goes to the Thai prison and then spends eight years trying to get himself out of Thai prison with no, actually no help. Mm-hmm. That's Why is different. that supernatural? Not, no, not supernatural. Fantastical. Like um, like something where you would go, wow, somebody actually did that, committed to do that. You know, like it's a, it's a, like a inspirational thing, right? Right. I don't think that's fantastical. I yeah, it's fantastic do it all the time. to witness, like. Oh, I think we have a different definition of what fantastical might be. Just means it's, you know, over and above like what you would think. <laughs> somebody would do so he does that but the actual crime part of the movie it's kind of seedy and dirty that's how it feels to me like most of the things that are going on it's people going behind each other's backs and it's people lying like straight up in front of people yeah that ugh yes and you know you keep getting the like a like a dirty kind of you're like oh everybody's like out for themselves and the criminal is the most likable guy I think the newspaper <laughs> reporter is the most likable guy. Yeah, but he's supposed to be. You're supposed to root for yeah. him. But the criminal guy of amongst all the others, he's just like a guy. Yeah, he's not super wonderful or anything, but I mean I felt for him. I mean he's just a he's just a he's he would be a criminal. Like a, you know, well not a criminal, let's say not a criminal. He was he would be a drug addict. He's been a drug addict. He is a drug and addict. And he's back on drugs. Yeah. So he's not necessarily a good you know a great upstanding guy but i don't think being a drug addict doesn't make what dr- being a drug addict does not make anything wrong with you well it, it often turns to things like where he ro- robbed the petrol station and right you know. but i mean the being an addict part is not the problem but you see this dude is uh, got capable of being you know doing whatever he needs to do to get his drugs mm-hmm. fortunately he lands upon this guy unfortunately and fortunately who kind of weasel it, weasels him along by giving him some drugs every now and then. So he doesn't have to go out and... He's a real sleazebag. Fight for drugs, yeah. I'd rather have a brother, cousin, nephew, husband who's a drug addict who's just struggling and, yeah, makes some shitty decisions than to have a manipulative fuck in my life. Pardon my language. But that guy represents... Yeah. That is just ter- I mean, he does a good job of it, but ugh. Yeah, there, there's a drug dealer. That's what he is, isn't he? That's all he is, really. Well, he's also an informant, so he's I, like kind I of mean, playing two sides. he'll do anything just to exactly. get Exactly. He's a sleazy. Yeah, but he's just like a complete liar. <laughs> like, like you know, He's horrible. Like immediately where he says to our the guy, he says like, um, take me to the airport. I've got, I've got some big meeting to do. And he gets out of the car. And yeah, he's not going he, anywhere. He doesn't go to the he's airport. just a liar. Yeah, he's just a liar. He's just like making... As you can tell, that elicited emotions from me. I he, don't like those people. And they exist. That's the really shitty part. Yeah. That manipulative and he's user also the, person. Ugh. He's the kind of guy who is one thing to one person and one thing to another. Like he, Yeah, exactly. Whatever he needs to be, 
he is that for that person. So, like, and yeah, he's really sleazy, but he played it really good. That's that Jim Gaffigan. Yeah, comedian guy. He did a good job being shitty. He did a good job not being, he wasn't being a comedian, was he? he <laughs> no, wasn't funny. he was, he was terrible. Kind of <laughs> As you can tell, I'm um, not a fan. But the, I didn't expect some of the twists and turns of this movie. Like, the actual drug deal part, mm. I didn't expect what happened there to happen. Now, in real life, it, from what I could gather on the web, it didn't actually go down quite as graphically as that. You know? Mm-hmm. So I mean, there, it went bad, and somebody died, essentially. Yeah, and this movie, actually, I've never... I don't think I've ever seen a movie make a point of this. It, it, it flashes up a dialogue box that says that some of this movie was um, dramatically enhanced, I guess. Right? Mm-hmm. How did they put it? Um... That it was changed for dramatic, effect. for dramatic effect, and it actually makes a point. Not in usually movies like this where they say inspired by a true story. That's where it starts and ends. Inspired by a true story, and then when you're watching it, you're kind of like, okay, what's true and what's not? I'm gonna have to look it up afterwards. But this movie kind of makes a point of saying they this. Tell you straight up. <laughs> yeah, this was true and that wasn't. Like so, and you can go and look it up. And the guy. Um, who Josh Hartner plays, actually wrote a whole book about this one incident. And that guy is, is a famous... Um, what's he called? He's a famous Canadian... Victor Malarek. Canadian news journalist. He's like mm. one of those investigative journalists. And he still is now at age 75. And uh, he's... You know, this isn't... This isn't his most famous thing. So, you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He's a he's cracked other things which are bigger than this one. So, um, do you, you like it overall? You mind yes. you of anything else? Did it reminds me of a few movies that do that. They just want to tell like the underbelly of something, even something like um, uh, what was it called, Whistleblower or oh, Dark Water? Dark Water uh, was it Whistleblower where she's with the hired police force that go over to yes. Czech Republic. Croatia. Yeah. Uh, That kind of stuff. It has that feel. I mean, that one was more intense. But, I mean, the same vibe is you've got a person who's just trying to do the right thing, swimming in an ocean of corruption and vile people who... It's just disgusting. And, you know, hopefully they triumph. They don't always, though. Some real-life stories don't end up quite so... I mean, this, Happy ending. this even, like, the new, the reporter guy even gets to a point of, like, his family being threatened and, you know, like, mm-hmm. stop stop reporting on well, this. Well, that's, you know, questionable. Questionable, but in the, you know, when I went and looked at the real thing, there was, it was his word against theirs, though. Exactly. Like, like they even made a point of saying it in this movie. He said to his wife, how do you know? Yeah. We don't know it was that. We don't know it was, yeah. It could have just been actually somebody trying to do a home invasion that's unrelated to anything here. But it's, you know, it's one of those things where you're like, hmm, I'm in this situation and now people are turning up at my house. Another movie that comes to mind, Silkwood. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. That's an oldie. People are like, what's that? Yeah. Well, shares in it to look it up. Yeah. Whistleblower um, movie. And he does have those kind of tropes for those kind of movies where you've got, like, the journalist and he's just on the edge of, like, figuring it out. And, and also the people might not necessarily be that likable. 
You know, right. you've got this guy who just got a new baby, but he's obsessing over this case. And then you're like, mm, shouldn't you be doing that? But then you think, well, it's for the betterment of society. So, you know. So they're all, I mean, there's a bunch of like things you've seen before in other movies. That's how, how it kind of felt to me watching it. Mm-hmm. But it is, I did find it gripping. I didn't really know where it was going. Aside from the the um, makeup of this movie, it, it starts in one time period and then switches to another and then switches back to another. So you kind of see it from different angles. So you know, like all of a sudden, our main guy is in Thai prison. And then you're it's like, hard to oh. explain. You just have to watch it. Yeah, but it's got that like, <laughs> a time jump. I was surprised, of. like, whoa, I don't know if it's a time jump. It's just basically telling the story, kind of, you're telling one part of it, then you rewind, and then you show the other part, how we got to where we Which are. Which isn't confusing, actually, for in this movie. It got a little bit confusing at one point, when I was like, okay, he's not beat up now, and he's not in prison, so is he... Is this before, or are we jumping forward? What's going on? Then I kind of got my head clear. So it was so, a little bit confusing. So it does do that. It has like a non-linear structure to it. I mean, it only jumps a couple of times, to be honest. It's not, it's not doing it all the time. I don't know jumping is the right word, but Maybe I know what you're times. saying. Well, it is a jump, isn't it? It goes forward and then back and then forward and then back. Yeah, but you're essentially watching a flashback. Of what, how you yeah, got to a, where we are. Yeah, but it's like a really long flashback. It's like a big, like a, yeah. like a big middle of the movie part. So um, the cast in this movie, well, anyway, the real life story of this before we go into the cast, it um, pretty much ended, the way this movie ends with the guy getting out of the Thai prison is how it actually ended in real life. But the bit that is unclear, if you were wondering, Sid Talk, is the... Um, if the cops were actually, you know, the bit with the sun and the mm-hmm. on the back of the truck, whether any of that was real. And? It wasn't. None of it? it? No, there was a drug deal that went down in the middle of a street, but there was no driving a truck with a guy No, shooting. but somebody died. Yeah. Of head trauma. Yeah, head yeah. trauma. So that's, that's close enough to the truth, I guess. They made it really <laughs> kind of grimy, though, didn't they? With yeah. The stabbing in the head and, the you know, the shooting and the... Just they try. Basically, they didn't. If you follow the real life thing, it's not a really exciting action scene. But they made an exciting action scene, and um, which extra. isn't necessary. You no, know, I, I think, didn't think um, so. it's unfortunate that they filmmakers think they have to do that. But you know, yeah, I didn't. As an audience member, I would have been happy with what really happened. Because then people like us look it up, and now you've told me it's based on a real story, and now you tell me that's not true at all. So then I'm like, why are you lying? <laughs> I know yeah. it has to be fictionized, fictionalized to some degree, but just take what was there and tell a good story with it. It's almost like saying to the real life guy, oh, your story's not exciting enough. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> your real life is so boring. Yeah. We need someone to get stabbed in the head. Which to me sounds like kind of disrespectful in a way. <laughs> uh, but he did, the guy did sign up. He loved this movie, the real guy so oh good he he was all he loved the guys who played them and you know so i was just reading about that so this is a uh, victor malarik the journalist is played by josh hartnett who we both said we haven't seen him for some time in movies Mm-mm. we don't feel like we and i looked him up he's been on television something called penny dreadful which i've never seen do you know that mm-hmm, i've heard of it i think it's like horror right i don't know what it is i've just heard of it um 
But um, the last time I remember watching Josh Hartner was Sin City. 20 years ago? Well, maybe the second Sin City as well. Maybe he was in both. Mm, I don't think so. So uh, Victor Mallow, I think he really did a good job here. Yeah, very good. It's um, it's like intense. He has to deal with a load of shit. There's a lot of him kind of... I thought I thought there was a little bit too much like of them hammering that he might not have a job if he doesn't get his next thing written. Yeah, that was a bit boring. It just kept going on and on to me. I was like, oh, okay, we've said this three times and now we've got the, the boss saying... Well, then you're supposed to be like, okay, so he's the sleazy reporter who wants to get a good story. This guy's the sleazy cop who wants to get a good thing. And this is the sleazy drug dealer who wants to make a bunch of money. And the poor petty criminal is the victim of all of them. Yeah. But in the end, this guy didn't really seem to care that he was losing his job. No. Um, And I think the star of this movie is the guy who plays Daniel Leger. Antoine. Oh, yeah, he's really good. Antoine Oliver Pillon is a Canadian actor. actor, And um, so good. Yeah, intense in a way that reminded me of uh, my man crush in movies. You know what I'm saying? Mm hmm. Um, I don't know who he is, though. I forgot his name. (laughs) Ryan Gosling. Yes. Yeah, kind of has that intensity that he has. like Like he's really in it. Like, I'm this guy. And, you know, the scenes where he's in the prison and that fight scene I thought was really good. You know, where he had to fight the two guys. Yeah, really good. Yeah, it was really well filmed as well. Interesting. Because it like it was like the camera fell over at one point, but carried on filming, <laughs> which I thought was an interesting. There is some interesting camera stuff in this, aside from the shaky camera stuff. But um, he, this guy, Antoine, I'd like to see him in something else. Definitely. Because uh, I think he really nailed like the idea of this guy, and especially at the end where, you know, that very last thing that he said, where he said, I'm grateful. Yeah. I just thought that was like, oh, yeah. Did he like, say that, though, or were we just being, like, super emo? Probably being super emo. <laughs> um, and then Jim Gaffigan, I put him down as Glenn Picker, and I've not seen Jim Gaffigan in anything else. I have seen clips of his stand-up. And I have seen him on Howard Stern being interviewed. But I've never actually seen him acting. And I, I said to you, he really is reminding me of one of my favorites, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. I mean, he makes a really good sleazy mofo. Yeah. I'll give him that. Yeah, he made and he, me, it's just like, everything about it. made it. me feel grimy just watching him. Like the way he moves, the way he's like... You know, when we first meet him, he's got them women in his room. Yeah. And he's like got this junkie and he's kind of the, well, he thinks he is the man, right? Like in all these people. Yeah. Like. And then the man, he takes the that phony picture with like a dude, like to show a guy to impress him. That must be something people do. <laughs> like It's pathetic. That's what I'm saying. The <laughs> corruption of people to get what they want. It's, ugh. Yeah, he's like... It's yeah. not surprising, but they did a good... He did a good job of making me go, ugh. I actually... I was like, yeah, I'm actually... Um, I've never seen him before, but I'm becoming a fan of this guy. I'd like to <laughs> see... You know, he's... He's got something about him, like... And he doesn't... With it, with me knowing he's a stand-up comic, thinking, oh, he's going to be a goofy character, it actually isn't a goofy character. It's no. like a very realistic character. Like, the person who lies and... In a bad way. Yeah, but... I think well done from that guy. Uh, and then this is directed by Daniel Roby, is a Canadian director who directed a movie called Funky Town, which I've not seen, but a bunch of other 
French Canadian movies. And this movie did have some subtitles, right? Some, Occ- not occasionally bad. spoken French. French. Not bad. I mean, I don't mind subtitles, but I'm just letting people know. There are some subtitles. When he's talking to his mother on the phone and when he's talking to his, uh, his girlfriend sometimes. But uh, what do you think of this director? You're not into that shaky cam. I'm the shaky cam, but everything else, uh, I'm okay. Yeah, I think he... I think it's just that what I was saying. It's not like... What not stands flashy. out to me is the main guy, how good he is, the feelings that I got from all the people involved... The, this ick, you know, I've that's memorable. But other than that, it's serviceable. And I know that's probably insulting to art people, but it is what it is. And it's, you know, the type of movie it is. It fits in well with those types of movies, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it's, it's telling the story, but it's being a little bit dramatic about it. And uh, if you like, it's not espionage, but it's double crossing and... People being shitty. Corruption, basically. Corruption, like, yeah. the police department get a big wad of cash because the whole world, including America and Canada, are on a kick there in the, was it the late 80s? Early, early 90s? Early, no, mid-80s, right? 85. I can't remember. Okay. So, there was a big kick on the war on drugs. And so, all of a sudden, budgets go up and, you know, public profiles go up and we need to prove... We're spending the money, and then people start profiting on all sides from that. And so I think that was part of what was going on there, too. Yeah, these these cops basically wanted to bust the next big thing so they could go up the chain. Everybody's trying to get up a chain. Yeah, exactly. Up the the rope. Get up the chain. Um, So uh, there are no extras on the Blu-ray at all, which is unfortunate. I often find if something's inspired by a true story, there are never any extras. So you're going to have to go and look yourself. Uh, There is a book about this written by the uh, guy who Josh Harnett played. So you can read the whole thing from the horse's mouth, I guess. Um, And I find that would probably be more accurate, right? Because it's actually from the guy. I mean, it would. And then again, you know, we weren't there. Um, But you can find that. I went to his website, victormalaric.com. And uh, there's a lot of information about this movie there, too. So there are no extras, but um, how? let's go into the IMDb reviews. What are those? That's when you look up reviews. When people give it a one star and they say really stupid things about it, they're only stupid when we disagree with them. When we agree with them, they're genius. So... All right, you, you might agree with this one. There's one one-star review, so you might have to go to two-star Just reviews. one? Yeah. Fantastic. The one who gave it one star said, Five minutes in, the camera operator digitally moves the camera around to simulate action. It's all during a phone call to mommy. It's just horrible. <laughs> you, you probably agree with that. I agree with that, but I don't know if it's digital. Maybe. I can't tell the difference. All right, number two. This guy gives it two out of ten. If it doesn't have a lot of one out of tens, that means people actually liked it. But this now, guy last says, week you also didn't find a lot of ones for something, or was it the week before? Last week was Antebellum. Yeah, and you did you find a lot? No. It seems like they're going. Are they changing their little algorithm or something? This guy says this film was completely overcooked and half baked. Isn't that opposite things? <laughs> oh my god, it is. <laughs> <laughs> 
While the lead actor, who played Daniel Leigh, was solid and Jim Gaffigan was enjoyable on the screen, the rest of the cast were a drain, especially all of the police officer roles. Halfway through the film, we knew it was a dud, but somehow felt committed. Yet we were simply watching actors play out their roles instead of being immersed in the story. Hoping it would miraculously turn around in the third act, it doesn't. There's absolutely no reason this story required 135 minutes to tell and certainly does not deserve two hours plus of anyone's time. Take a breath, take a breath, take a breath. I Uh, mean, I feel like the cops were extra ew, but that's right. You know what I mean? I did say the one guy, the one that you said looked like he was like a zombie, Um, really thin guy. Yes. He was a bit theatrical, as in tugging at the pants and looking a little too tough, kind of like a 70s, you know, a cheap take on a Clint Eastwood movie or something. He's a bit like Lance a guy. Mm, what do you mean? Acting wise or yeah, look wise? Acting wise. I don't know about that. I just think that he felt a little bit theatrical, like he was trying to be too tough and too, I don't know. But not, not so much that it made him ruin anything for me. This guy says, The music was too loud, and I got motion sickness from the shacking of the camera. Yeah, yeah, join the club. And this next guy says, This movie was not worth six ninety nine. The camera work is unsteady throughout, making it very distracting. They hired an auteur to do the cinematography. Auteur? I think he meant amateur, but he spelled it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think auteur means somebody who's still snobby and trying to do it cinematically, but not quite pulling it off. And then the final guy says, during the film, the camera was shaking and then the music was too loud. Acting is very poor. <laughs> music was too loud. <laughs> There's a button on your remote have, control. You can had, turn um, that right down. New Order's Blue Monday, which is one of my favorite songs. It had that in the middle of the movie. True. And it also had another song that I really like. Uh, in the air tonight by Phil Collins. True, true. So did have some cool music. Kind of time, kind of gave you a little space and time feeling there. Yeah, you, you knew right away when it was. Yep. Um, so I was, I was impressed with the music choices. So um, conclusion: I'm going to give this a solid six out of ten. Six. That's yeah. not super high. That's right above the middle. I think it's the correct score for this movie. <laughs> I'll give it a seven. All right. Because I think it's better than average. It's not approaching great or anything, but it is, um, I would recommend it to people that I know would enjoy the whole of it. Nice work, said Talk. Thanks. Thanks very much. I'm here all uh, week. Thank you for uh, sending us the movie, Paramount. We uh, much enjoyed it. uh, Movie recommendations. I am going off the back of this movie. A film with Josh Hartnett, directed... By Robert Rodriguez. The Faculty. Do you remember that one? Mm-hmm. Excellent movie. It's a horror movie set in a high school. And uh, I don't know if you saw it. Did you yeah, see it? I think I've seen it. Uh, it might have blended in with like the fan, the swim fan and the faculty. It was around those times, the, yeah. Yeah. It's a cool horror movie in a high school. Uh, Josh Hannah. Isn't The Faculty, is that not an alien one? What am I thinking It is of? an alien okay. horror movie, yeah. Okay. And uh, my other one is uh, probably my favorite prison movie about being in a prison in another country, and it's Midnight Express, Mm. which is from the 1970s. Unpleasant. It's still an excellent movie, though. (laughs) 
And you want to know what mine are? Yes. I have recommendations this week. Last week I didn't remember. I was a blank. Oh, um, yeah, you was. <laughs> it's very rare that I don't have something to add. So this week I decided I'm just going to go down the rabbit hole. You go on IMDb, because I always go there and click on the movie that I've seen, you know, for the week. And then, oh, excuse me. Hold on. <laughs> no, you're not boring me. Were you up late? I was up late. <laughs> How did, well, you're quite the detective. Why were you up late? I was up late working on, working on my video project. It's a big one. Have you got um, editor sleepiness? I don't know what that is. I think I have normal non-sleepiness. I just yawned because I probably need some more caffeine. Moving on to the recommendations. I decided to go down the rabbit hole this time. I went to IMDb to put in that I watched this movie. Then I clicked on a thing. Then I clicked on a thing. Clicked on a thing. And boom. I made it to Farscape, which is a TV show that I actually have enjoyed. Like a sci-fi, you know, some might say in the world of Star Trek, but it's not at all. It's it's its own thing. You mean a Star Trek ripoff? Um, I don't know about ripoff, but if you watch it and you love it, you have to admit there's some similarities. I mean, it's fiction in space, you know? Would you watch Somebody. all of it? I believe I, met, I haven't watched the very last few episodes, maybe. Oh. And then that, I click, click, clicked, and then realized the lady who's in that is also in Pitch Black, which was quite a good film. Back in the day. Sir Vincent of Diesel. Sir Vincent of Diesel. But this lady was in it. I didn't realize the one that the main lady from Farscape is also in Pitch Black. Pitch Black was pretty good. It's like one of those indie type sneaked up on you because we didn't know anything about it. Just watched it and we were like, wow, that was awesome. Yeah, I really like it. And I'm also a big fan of the third movie. It's just called Riddick. Mm-hmm. The one where he's on that planet. You remember? Mm-hmm. Not the the second one's a bit ridiculous. I didn't really like that second one. It gets it's the second one's the one on that big spaceship. Yeah, and it's real grand. It's trying to be like some epic. Yeah, like, yeah. I know what you're talking about. I prefer it when like Riddick's like trapped somewhere and he's like got to use the shine eye thing to see stuff and all the creatures are coming. But the first movie, and I think it's the third movie, or it might be a fourth movie. But there was another Riddick movie. Is it the fourth one? Not sure. They were both. There was a video game. There was the video game. Uh, was called Escape from Butcher Bay, and it was fantastic. <laughs> it was, you know, when they make like um, video games based on movies, and they're usually just awful. That was actually one of the mo- I think one of the video games. That's an unfair stereotype, but okay. It's it's if you've played enough video games, you'll realize that movie tie-ins are usually trash. But that one was very good. So what else have you got? Pitch Black, Farscape. Am I supposed to have more than two? Nope. What the heck has happened around here? Uh, games and Ace Scully stuff. I've been playing more of the Avengers on the PC. It's the um, Crystal Dynamics um, Avengers game from Marvel. Um, so I finished the campaign now. So I've done the story of Ms. Marvel. And there is plenty to do when you finish the campaign because, like I've said last week, it's like in the Destiny template. So there's a there's a table that you come up to the uh, in the Avengers ship, and there's a bunch of missions on the table, and they're all either you can play them online or you can play them offline. So you can play this whole game without playing the game with anybody else. It gives you like you always go in bunches of four. So if you're the Hulk, 
it'll just fill in the roster with three computer control characters who follow you around and help you. Or you can do it online and the three people can be real people. But I find it, if they're real people, they're kind of more of a hindrance because they all want to do their own thing. And the AI characters just follow Damn you. Damn those people. Yeah, I'd rather not be have the people and just play on my own. But um, it's really fun. You get loot after each mission. And the, the, ch- the thing is to level up your character and get the best loot, which is exactly what Destiny is. And it even feels like Destiny down to the menus where... You have to scrap all the items that you don't want and then it converts them into currency that you can use to buy different items. And then on the, st- on the board, the uh, Avengers Helicarrier, there's little stores where you can buy like cosmetic items. I'm not talking about buying them with real money. You can buy them with the in-game currency. You can buy with real money if you want, but I don't see the reason to in this game because none of the cosmetic stuff does you any good. It's just... You know, a new skin for Black Widow or whatever. But it is fun to play. It's um, it's like Destiny, but you're not shooting anybody. It's um, it's also like if you're a fan of Diablo, which is that that's a top-down game, but you're running around, you're beating the enemies, and you're getting loot. It's that scenario. So if you like those loot-type games, and I know they call those games looter shooters, but that would be wrong in this case because there's no shooting. Unless you're Black Widow, she can shoot, but mainly she's fighting with her karate moves and stuff. So um, that's the Avengers. It's on all the platforms, and they keep adding new content every week. And what they've said with this game, if you bought the you know the main game, which you probably you might have if you're a fan of Marvel, all the DLC and everything for the whole life of the game, which they're saying is two to three years. All of it is free. There is no having to buy something else like Destiny did. So I'm down with that because that's cool. You can switch. Even if you get fed up of it, you can stop playing, then come back to it a few months later, and there's a whole bunch of new stuff for you to do. So that's the way to go, I think. This Friday, there's a new Star Wars game coming out. Have you heard of Star Wars, Sid Talk? I have. Yeah, well, this year's Star Wars game from EA, because they now have the license to make Star Wars games, is Star Wars Squadrons. But you hate EA. I, uh, I've liked the Star Wars games that EA have made. Because you have past. a love-hate relationship with them. Yeah, I still play stuff that they make. But uh, Star Wars Squadrons um, is from EA, and it comes out this week, and it's a dogfight. You know, you're in a TIE fighter or an X-Wing, and it's missions flying. You're not running around on foot. You're all in ships flying, which there aren't too many games like that these days, so I'm kind of into that. And a thing that's very un-EA, you know, when I said that I hate EA with all their <laughs> microtransactions, what they've said about this game is there are no microtransactions. Everything that you can get, like skins, etc., are all earned with by playing the game. There's no actual spending any more cash to buy stupid things. Which is very un-EA, but I think maybe EA learned a lesson at some point. Or maybe they just use select titles to look good, you know? Like, they're not going to take the microtransactions out of Madden football, probably. Because they make them millions of dollars every year. But the Star Wars game is... uh, It's not out yet, it's out next Friday. And um, I'll be flying around shooting at the Death Star for sure. Sounds really cool. I know you will. Yeah. I mean, I like pilot-type games, you know, where you're flying around, especially in space, and Star Wars added onto the top of it. 
that makes it extra cool for me. So Star Wars Squadrons, it's out late next week. So what's for dinner, Sid Talk? What do you want? Impossible Whopper from Burger King, <laughs> and it's not a commercial. That's very specific. <laughs> okay, then, we will have that. Now, it's not a commercial. We're only telling you this, and if you listen to us every week, then you're going to be bored with what I'm going to say, but we say it because we're vegetarian. We've been vegetarian since 2009, and uh, we're still alive. We are not health freaks. We're not animal rights activists. We're not vegan. We're vegetarian. We just don't eat the dead animals. We still do some dairy, but not much, you know, when you think about it. I mean, I know not much to some people. It's like, oh, you know, any is too much, but it's a lot less than it used to be. We have a t- we ha- rarely we have some cheese, mm-hmm. and I have some well, milk. we have the cheese on the burger yeah. and on Subway and Jimmy John's. But I don't. When we- you have a pizza, you have no cheese. Yeah, true. And uh, I don't even find it that delicious anymore. I mean, <gasps> it's really scary because I'm 52 and I've loved cheese my whole life. You would be able to know this by looking at me, and now it's just kind of like, eh. Whatever. So we just are vegetarian and that's it. So we have an Impossible Whopper every week because once they started selling them and making them in our town, it's just fantastic. Delicious. It is. Um, we've also been trying HelloFresh um, for several weeks and we liked it. And then we wanted to try a different one. So we've tried that purple carrot one. We haven't tried it yet. No, I mean, it's on it. it. We'll have it this week. Right. So next week we'll be able to tell you what purple carrot's like, even though... We're not sponsored by any of these people. No. I wish. If Purple Carrot would like to give me some uh, freebie boxes for telling the truth, if it's shitty, I'll say it's shitty. Yeah, and Purple Carrot is actually, like HelloFresh, Purple Carrot is actually a vegan one. Is it vegan or vegetarian? Vegan. I'm not sure. No, it's vegan, I think. Okay. So they're actually specialists in vegan meals, whereas HelloFresh have a couple of selections of vegetarian but they don't do vegan, right? Yeah, but we tried Blue Apron and they barely had anything. Blue for Apron, vegetarian. We were, yeah, we were going to try Blue Apron for a week, and then we realized that they only had two meals that we could choose. And we, so what they were basically saying was, "We'll send you three meals, but two of them have to be the same." Which was like, "What? Can't you come up with three vegetarian meals a week?" And if you're opposed to people eating fast food or using these services where they send you a box and then you prepare it because maybe you are snotty about that stuff. We don't care. <laughs> no. Eat what you want. But we're just telling you. You can be vegetarian and not be skinny. You're skinny. I'm not skinny. You can be vegetarian and not be an animal person. Do not even bring an animal in my house. I'm not going to eat them, but I'm not going to cuddle them either because, ugh. So, you know, we're, we're, I'm a, what's it called? I'm an enigma. You're a uh, heartless woman. <laughs> I'm a heartless woman who won't eat any animals anymore. <laughs> you won't eat or pet animals. And I did make some homemade barbecue sauce. Have I been? I've been on a kick lately, making some homemade stuff. I dried some fruit. I've like. got the canning stuff, and I'm actually really loving it. Just when this video project is done, then I'm really going to go to town. But I made that barbecue sauce yesterday. Oh, it's going to be so good. I haven't even fries. tried that. I don't know if you'll like it, but we'll see. Um, I did try the uh, pickled uh, beets. Yep. What else did you pickle? Carrots. Carrots. Those were good too. And I made a carrot cake. I'm a big fan of uh, pickled vegetables. Yep. And we are loving that too. So hey, experimentation with the veggies. So what is your advice? My advice tonight is this. Today, tonight, whatever. 
whenever you're listening to this. I have a hard time being told what to do. I don't know if you've noticed. Never noticed. <laughs> it's only been, what, 20, 20, <laughs> 20 plus years. Um, and I remember telling you specifically, we met on the internet, by the way, in one of our very first conversations, just so you know, I'm difficult. Now, you can d- interpret that however you want, but I'm not easy to get along with. I just, I'm not. It's a, it's woven into the fabric of who I am. I embrace it. I don't have a problem with it. You're married to it, so my sympathies. <laughs> Thanks. But one of the things that I'm learning as I get older is that in life, sometimes you do need to follow. You need to follow sometimes to learn. You need to follow sometimes to for some type of order in different scenarios. You know, I'm not an anarchist by any means, and I'm also not a regimented lay down the law Everyone must behave a certain way. I'm way, I'm way far from that. I'm not even in the middle. I'm, if you had to put me on a scale, I'd be closer to anarchy, but not anarchy because, I don't know, that doesn't work. But sometimes in life you have to follow. I have to follow someone's lead to teach me how to do the canning and the gardening. I have to follow my mother's instructions to tell me how to make her scalloped corn. I have to follow someone else's instructions to tell me how to grow a good tomato plant, right? I have to follow at work to be trained to understand how to do things. What I do not ever need in my life is to be led, right? You can be a leader without putting a chain around my neck like a lead, like a dog lead, and leading me down, which is basically like my image in my head is dragging me along, right? I'm not following you, and you're not being a leader. You're just expecting to lead me along or drag me along behind you. That is never, 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 because I I shouldn't say never, because if you're in the military or in some situation where if you're in an emergency situation, you have to do all of the above. You have to follow, you have to lead, you have to be led to get things done so everybody survives, right? That part, that's a separate deal. But just in life, I do not need to be led on how to understand my job. I do not need to be led on what to believe. I do not need someone to lead me or coerce me or like give me the little fingers like, come over here, come over here. Let me lead you down the right path. Oh, no, no, no. If I choose to follow... That is on my, that's on me. If you try to lead me along, that's on you and I'm not going to do it. So that's it. No advice. Just a, one of my mediocre observations. All right. I also <laughs> um, would like to recommend Raised by Wolves again on, oh, on yeah. H- HBO Max. I'm on board with that. We've um, got a couple, like two episodes left and uh, it's very, 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 very good. It's very, very good. Very, very good. I agree. Yes. Um, so definitely watch that one. So uh, you can catch us on com, Twitter and Facebook. Google Play is the podcast. iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, RSS Feed, iHeartRadio, all those places. Or com. Click on the episode of the podcast. Just listen to it there. Email aschooly at com. Don't email Sid Talk. She hates all of you. I she, don't hate anyone. You all suck. I don't hate anyone. Except the guy, the character in this movie. He's gross. Glenn Picker. Yeah. (laughs) And and stay classy Glenn Picker from this movie. (laughs) 
Not classy at all. Not classy. Not starting off classy. Yeah, I ended up classy. And I'm going to say, think for yourself or someone will definitely do it for you.